1: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. We have a guest again this week, and this is someone who I've been hunting down for a really long time. And she is an herbalist and an intuitive energy worker. Who combines both of these modalities in her work, helping people to make that mind-body connection, let go of trapped energy and emotions, and also just live better and more inspired lives. And I think, Kelly, but you'll tell me in a minute, I think there's so much more that you do that can't even be captured in a bio, and that is even on its way to developing even more. But anyway, our guest name is Kelly Petro, and Kelly, Hello.
0: Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here.
1: All right. Like I said before, I've wanted to have Kelly on the show for a really long time because she is really what I would call her. And you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong. I would really call her like almost like a plant whisperer. She's someone that just really can connect with the energy and essence of the plant world and, you know, be a voice for them and also hear how they want to help and serve us. And I just think that's such a beautiful gift. You know, sometimes when you hear the word herbalist, you think, you know, science and medicine and and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But I think Kelly is an herbalist who really just brings that intuitive piece all the way home.
0: Thank you, Victoria. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like the ancient arts and the ancient ways of healing and alchemy and humanity had such a deeper connection with the plants at one time. And so this is, I really think of this as a birthright. It is not something that, you know, just a few people can do. And, and that's really part of my work is really to connect people to plants as part of their birthright, remind them of this aspect that they have and they hold within themselves that You know, anyone can walk outside, you know, to their backyard or their local park or even, you know, as they're walking on a sidewalk and the dandelions are working their way through the cracks, that you can connect with these plants in this higher realm of consciousness um, and they will have a message for you.
1: I love that. I mean there's so many levels in which the plant world can be of service to us, right? There's medicinal qualities of plants. There's like the emotional healing, spiritual energy of plants. And then there's also just, I know for me, When I'm around nature, when I am hanging out with my plant friends, flowers, trees, sometimes rocks, which don't count as plants, but (laughs) 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 Um, it helps me reconnect to the web of life. And it helps ground me and it helps reconnect me with my spirit. And I mean, so they're healing and helping and supportive to us in so many ways.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I think that um, the further I deepen into my intuitive journey, the more sensitive you know, you become with all of your senses. Uh, like John Holland says, the price of sensitivity is sensitivity, right? To be <laughs> intuitive, you have to be sensitive. And so as you deepen that connection to self and grow in your own awareness, it is so true that now when I go out, in na- I always knew that nature kind of filled me in a way, but now when I go out, it is just such this, this momentous occasion of having my cup filled. And it's so instantaneous you know, you can feel the subtleties in such an amazing way. So I hear you, you know, you being so intuitive yourself that you feel that so deeply. And for others who are just beginning to explore their intuitive gifts, you know, just trust us yeah. <laughs> it's there and you'll feel it more deeply as
1: you kind of become more in tune to those gifts. Right. And plant life is life without mind. And I think when we are around plants, and we allow ourselves to really connect with plants, it gets us out of the mind, which is, you know, it's the noise of your human experience. It's probably for many of us where we spend most of our time and, and what we think it means to be human. But at the same time, it's what takes you also away if you're not careful from your true essence. And so when you hang out with plants, you can get out of that. You can still that and you can just start to feel what it is just to be present and just to be alive and at peace because that's what plants do.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it gets you out of that cyclical thinking. And if you can drop that aspect of mind and really just become a listener, every plant has so much to offer. Just like, you know, you have um, your intuitive gifts to offer. You're a mom. You're an amazing mom. You're a wife. You're a therapist, and you know you've got this whole basket full of offering. Every plant has that same kind of blueprint. Where you know I'll I'll run workshops where I'll give everyone in the workshop the same plant, and I'll say, okay, let's connect to this plant, and everyone could get a different message. And every message is the right message because it's the message for them. It's just like, you know, if I were to come to you for a session, I'm going to get one message because you're responding to me and my consciousness and my energy. Whereas, you know, somebody else is going to come to you and get a different message. But. Beneath all of that, there is this thread, right? With plants, there could be this thread of commonality, you know, that speaks to the solar plexus and stepping into your power, perhaps, you know, with like something like Dandelion, who's so resilient. So you might get this common thread that weaves to each person, but the message is so unique and individual to that person. So it really is this relationship that you enter with the plant. And if you become a really good listener, And, you know, ask a question and listen to the answer. There's all different ways that you can intuit the answers
1: or hear the answer or, you know, discover the answer. So, how do you teach people to work with plants? What does that look like? And how do you work with plants? I know that's two questions in one.
0: So, yeah, when I introduce people to plants, first I talk about sinking into your heart space, right? Because The heart has its own coherence. And this is where we connect to plants. We don't connect in the mind, maybe in the classroom, right? If you're watching a video or you're, you're learning from someone about like all the virtues of, you know, Damiana, you're going to learn all of its chemical constituents, you know, its effect on the body. And that's a very heady energy, right? But to connect with the plant in its consciousness on the unseen realms, you want to sink into your heart. So typically what I do is go to a place of gratitude and the best way to go to gratitude is to bring an offering to the plant. And this is an ancient practice. You know, this goes back centuries into many different cultures to give an offering to the plant. It's just like if you were to go to a shamanic practitioner or, you know, ancient times a tribe might visit their healer, they would bring an offering of some sort. So that idea of reciprocity sinking into your heart, really kind of becoming humble, right? So I give an offering to the plant and that might look like a sprinkling of tobacco because I grow tobacco here and I formed my own relationship and that, that particular plant has meaning on this North American land. So I honor that meaning. Or maybe I'll put like a, one of my favorite crystal or gemstones, something natural. I might give the plant Reiki, some sort of offering. And then I ask for permission to be in, in relationship with this plant. It's just like, you know, treat it like a human, right? Hey, can I talk to you about something? You know, it's not just like you just start talking to some random human being on this. You know, there's a dance, right? So you just kind of treat it like a human. And then once you get that permission, which oftentimes plants are just very eager to be in that space with us. I've never heard a no from a plant. <laughs> but certainly you can look for clues. But when you're talking about consciousness, I've never heard a no. Um, it's more out of respect, right? You're, you're entering the zone of respect. And then I just let my intuition kind of do the work. I'll drive my intuition with my imagination, right? Because they live in the same part of the brain. And I might visualize roots sinking down from me into the soil and connecting with the roots of that plant and then I kind of see where my imagination goes from there. And if my intuition is a little bit stuck, I might drive it more with my imagination and kind of see what comes up. And then I often, um, when this is new in a workshop, I might guide someone uh, with cues, but you, know, you can write these down and cue yourself if it's just you and a plant. And you tune into all of those senses, right? You tune into what you start feeling in your body if there's a sensation in your body, a physical, maybe a muscle twitch, and then you start writing this stuff down, right? Oh, I felt an opening in my heart, or oh, I felt some swirling in my stomach. Oh, I burped, you know? (laughs) Or my tummy started growling. Whatever's happening, you write it down. Don't dismiss it as just, you know, coincidence. You might close your eyes and see a flash of color. A memory might come up, or you might smell your grandmother's perfume you know, you notice all these things, you write them down, and then you get curious and you almost like interview the energy, right? Just like you do if you're doing a reading. I always say, oh, that's interesting in my mind, right? I mean, I'm doing this quietly at like Wolf Park, you know, people are walking by and this is all happening. I just say, Oh, that's interesting. And that expands the energy and allows more information to come through. So it's really about being aware. And if you find that you have a hard time getting into that intuitive space, especially if you're in a public place, you can start to study the morphology of the plant, right? Start writing down, like, leaves are green. They are toothed. You know, flowers on a single stalk, the color of the flower. So you start writing down the morphology. And just like with dream work, There might be a metaphor at work here that you can pay attention to. Wow! Yeah. It's really just this beautiful, it's so open and expansive. Again, the message for everyone is going to be different and it's going to be custom and how you approach it might be very individual to you and what your personality is like. You know, are you more of a visual person? then you look at the colors, you look at the shape of the plant and how, oh, it's climbing. Okay, so what is that? And then you say, that's interesting. This plant is climbing. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's a dependency factor here at play, right? And so now you start getting the energy of the plant. And the energy of the plant, if you're getting a story that feels like a lower vibration, like clingy, for example, the energy of the plant, the vibration is always going to be of a high vibration. So if you want to work with that plant energetically, if the plant is showing you it's very clingy, well then perhaps the energy of that plant is freedom from attachment issues and and freedom in relationships, for example. So do you see the difference? I just saw you and I, are we can see each other. I just saw you like expand with that. So if the energy feels like this, then you can ask like, so what is the positive energy at place? And certainly it's, it's really more of an opening energy. The plant is always going to be the higher vibration. Got
1: it, right.
0: So that's how I teach people to connect to plants.
1: So is it specific plants or, you know, would you recommend people just go out in nature and see what they're called to and what they're drawn to and start having a conversation there?
0: Yeah, I absolutely would. I would say, what plants do you feel called to? It could be a house plant. You know, I had a client and I was moved to ask if she had any plants in her house that she grew. And she said, the only plant that I can keep alive is an aloe plant. And so, you know, what we know about aloe is it's very soothing, right? It's a cooling energy. We use it for sunburns. And this client was coming in with all this rage and anger and heated energy. And the only plant she could keep alive is a plant that survives in that climate. Right. Wow. The heat, the desert, the dry, the agitated, and it's a very cooling energy. So I gave her a flower essence of aloe. That to me makes perfect sense. So oftentimes, you know, we often think of ourselves as separate from nature, like we're in here in our houses and nature is out there. But that's not really the case. You know, we all still sit atop Mother Earth. We are all part of this environment. So very likely the plants that you need, be it energetically or medicinally speaking, are very likely growing in your backyard because they're responding to the environment in which they live, which includes you. So it's this beautiful synergistic relationship. You can learn a lot about a person by doing a little plant walk in their backyard.
1: That's amazing. That's just so amazing. So paying attention to what grows around you or what, not just what you're attracted to, but also what thrives around you.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing.
1: So we have a beautiful rose of Sharon that grows Mm. outside of our house. And the last two years, there's a little metaphor in here. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite plants. Mm -hmm. The last two, maybe three years, the gardener has lopped it off right before it blooms. Oh, I know. It doesn't care because I know, right? It doesn't care. It always blooms just a little later, but it always comes back. But one of the things that I was so gratified, some of the listeners know this, I know Kelly, you know this, I'm about to make a, a house transition and I was so excited. I'm, I'm moving across country, so it's going to really be some different plants. But one of the mm. first things I noticed on my new property was a big, beautiful Rose of Sharon. And oh my gosh! I you know, know right? And it was. She's so, following you. She's following me, and so I would love. I know there was a metaphor in there somewhere when I talked about the blooms mm. being lopped off, um, but I'd love to get your take on all of it because that came into. Uh,
0: so I'm gonna, you know, kind of go off of what you told me because I haven't sat with Rose of Sharon. Okay, but I'm feeling a bit of resilience and a bit of shedding there's a story there, isn't there? To me, this particular plant is calling to you in a way that it is presenting to you. So just this idea of like, she gets knocked down, but she comes right back up again. So there's this resiliency. And she's definitely following you wherever you go. So you there is a symbiotic relationship, For you. And you know, this is a beautiful thing too, is that, um, you don't always have to know because words are so limiting as you know, you know, when you're trying to do a reading for someone, it's like, Oh, how do I put this into words? Sometimes our egoic mind loves to know, but we can just call in that energy and say, thank you so much, Rose of Sharon. I accept your energy. And then especially you feeling so tuned in into nature. Just take a minute to like feel her energy come into your field. And feel what that feels like. And she's going to tell you, you know, I'm actually feeling more to push you to figure Absolutely. this one out. Absolutely. You no, know,
1: And she always makes me smile. And the one that I have here in Connecticut blooms outside my kitchen window. So, especially oh, when okay. I was very, like, my kids were little and I was, now I'm pretty mm. lazy. But back then, I used to have to do stuff often that I didn't want to do, you know, like dishes yes. and cooking. And now I, I'm pretty much like, I limit that. I just do what I feel like doing. But anyway, I just remember standing at, at the sink. And being so grateful when that plant was in bloom because it made life a little more magical, right? And I would like look forward to that period of time when she was in bloom um, because she was such a gift to be able to be doing my ordinary, boring life and see her beauty, so.
0: Okay, so I have full chills as you're telling that (laughs) story. So that speaks more to her energy, bringing in that magic during the mundane. So, and that this plant has been with you for this long, yeah. And I, you know, as soon as you started talking about that, it totally brought me back to those years when the kids are younger and you're like always doing dishes and you're always preparing food. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just want something magical and amazing to happen to me today. Something different, you know, what color does this room show? So it's so cool that you were prompted to ask that because the next yeah. thing I was
1: going to tell you is this, the one that we have outside of our window is mostly white. There's a few okay. pink ones that pop up, but the predominant color is white. My ones in California are pink. Mm.
0: Oh, interesting. Like yeah. what kind of pink?
1: It's a like tumourine. a magenta. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. a little purpley pinky. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the white, I often feel crown chakra, you know, so, and then it probably had like a pink center, right?
1: Is a little white? bit. They're mostly white, but yeah, little lines. I wouldn't say the center is pink. I want to say the center is more yellow, but it could be wrong. We'll have to grab a picture. But there's definitely like some little pink radiance coming in. Exactly. So
0: I I mean, pink I often think of as the heart chakra. Sometimes I'll feel root chakra and I actually am feeling it right now for you. You know, doing dishes and doing the mundane is such root chakra work, right? right. And then the white being that crown. So it's almost like It's got you, you know, in the full (laughs) spectrum of the chakras. So it's keeping you grounded while still keeping you kind of in this magical place. And then it's interesting, though, that the one in your new home is going to be more pink. I mean we know what what your goals are and what you hope to achieve out there. It's like, okay, we're going to level you up, Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) We got you for this. I I love it.
1: it. I love it. That's that's such a cool read. And um, she speaks to me. All right. One more, but then I have a bunch more of other questions for you. Okay. Here's another flower that I'm thinking about as I'm moving to California, because here it's sort of like a prized thing. And there it feels to me, although I think they are planted. It feels a little more like a weed because I'm just kind of seeing that they grow really nicely there. It's one of my favorite flowers and plants to just pick and eat. It's the nasturtium.
0: Ooh, nasturtium. Okay. So think about nasturtium
1: when it hits your tongue. What happens? It's peppery and it just makes me like zing. It just feels like a zing. They make me so happy because it's like peppery, but it also has a little bit of that floral quality as well. Yes. And, and I'm also being told that it smells good. And I know nasturtium doesn't really have a scent, but when you eat it, and this is just my intuition reminding me, it just feels like, you know, a zingy flower.
0: Okay. So anytime you have that zingy taste, I think of that action being a catalyst. So when we work with plants, more like coming up with blends that support the physical body, like teas and tinctures, oftentimes you will add what's called a catalyst. And the catalyst kind of helps to disperse the medicine throughout the body. Okay. And so the catalyst is often like your spicier herbs, like cayenne would be a really great catalyst. You think of that fire energy and you think of that element too, fire as like a catalyst for change, right? So with nasturtium, it's a bit of a spice, but it's a soft spice, right? It's not overpowering, overwhelming. And then you spoke about that florally soft. So it's like this soft, gentle catalyst for change is what I'm hearing for you. And then also you talked about eating it. So I think of that nourishing quality and then think about the color too. So the color is orange, right?
1: I think they can be orange. I don't know if there are other colors as well. Orange sounds right. Is that the ones you've had? I think so. They get in my mouth so quickly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they're like an orange-yellow. I I think you're correct. We used to grow them at the school garden here. And so I think of that as being a sacral chakra supporter. So, yeah, just kind of helping relationships is what I'm, I mean, oftentimes we think of relationships in the heart, but this would be more like intimate relationships. So this soft
1: catalyst
0: and support in that way. Is what I, I get. love
1: it. I love it. I'm so glad I asked you these questions because I think it gives listeners a glimpse of how you work. Mm. And maybe also how you work that's different than other herbalists. Not that I can speak to any other ones because you're the first and only one we've had on the show so <laughs> far, but I love how you personalize it. And I love how you use my connection to these plants to help figure out what was up with me. So that's really cool. And I can see that blueprint for other people too, either with a supportive person like Kelly to help you figure out like what plants to connect with or what the plants you're already connecting with uh, mean to you. And I'm going to give you a third one because I can't help myself, but also medicinally. And the third one I'm going to give you is I know she's a medicinal herb and she's one I just feel a connection with. I have her almost every single day of my life and that's lemon balm. Oh, I love lemon balm. And I grow her all over my garden and I'm hoping to grow mm-hmm. her in California. I'm not thinking that'll be hard. She was one of
0: my first plant allies and oh, and she's just a great first plant ally for so many people because it's such a gentle plant and there's not really any contraindications. Okay. So lemon balm, for those of you who don't know her, she's in the mint family. So very green and lush and kind of, you know, will spread everywhere if you're growing her. She does. Okay. So I'm saying her and I, I don't mean to like, Give a plant a gender, especially because I know right now that might be a sensitive topic, but this is just how she's showing up for me right now and how she has shown up for me in the past. It's just, I feel more feminine energy from her divine feminine energy. So lemon balm, medicinally speaking, is a wonderful uplifter. It's like having a drink of sunshine, you know, especially in the winter months, beautiful for seasonal depression or seasonal affected. Disorder. Did, wow. I, did I even say that right? Yes, you did. Um, so I think it's, it's great if you grow her in the summer and harvest her abundance and then dry her and have it, you know, throughout the winter, if that is something that you suffer from. So it's very much an uplifter and that lemony flavor is just, Oh, my favorite way to work with lemon balm is in a glycerate. So a glycerate is. I make it with a mixture of glycerin, vegetable glycerin, food grade, vegetable glycerin, and vodka. And I do an extract this way. So I'll fill a jar with cut lemon balm. If I do fresh, I'll almost fill the jar. If I do dried, I might fill the jar halfway. And then I pour over a mixture. I've already mixed two parts glycerin, one part vodka. Shake that mixture up, pour it over. And this will extract the lemon balm into the liquid after you know, six weeks of shaking it, keeping it in a dark room, straining it off. And you can have this in drop form throughout the winter. Definitely, you know I know I'm just speaking kind of off the cuff, do the research that's appropriate for you uh, to make sure you understand dosaging and all that good stuff. But it's such a wonderful way to work with her because that sweet and the lemon together is just like what you need over the winter. So, I think of her as just a really um, wonderful uplifter. Calms
1: and and tonifies the nervous system. Yeah, I I love that. All right. We've been talking a long time, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) There will be a part two for sure. But talk to me before we wrap up. I love it. I love that you help people get in touch with plants. I love that you connect people medicinally with plants. Now, I also, because I have the opportunity to see your office and I see what looks like a bunch of certifications on your wall mm. behind you. Talk to me about how you combine that intuitive spiritual connection piece with the stuff that you know, because that always fascinates me because it's something that I do, but you might do yeah. differently.
0: So it's interesting because herbalism in this country is not something that you actually get certified for. So what you're seeing on my wall is completion certificates. Okay. So it speaks to, yes, I've done the training and yes, I've gotten educated. You can register with the American Herbalist Guild to become a clinical herbalist, which for me, it's just a little too dry. Uh, doesn't leave room for the intuitive aspects. So I did not pursue that. So I like to work with the plants more energetically and in a very simple fashion. So the way I combine it is, you know, if a client comes in, we're going to talk first. And sometimes we talk for a very long time. And this is where my intuitive skills come into place. I'm listening to the spaces between words. I'm finding the patterns. I'm understanding, oh, they're talking about, you know, these physical ailments and then I'm, I feel drawn to ask them about certain aspects of their life, right? So they might be talking about this, you know, hip surgery that they had. And then I'll say, you know, tell me how are things going in your marriage? You know, is everything okay? And, you know, and then, oh my gosh, no, blah, 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 blah. And so all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, second chakra issues or, oh, I'm struggling with digestion. Okay. So this is your solar plexus, right? you're struggling with digestion, tell me about how assertive you are and I'm feeling family here, right? So I might just intuitively be drawn to drive the conversation a certain way. And then once I feel like I've got a good enough picture to get going, because you know I could talk to people for hours and oftentimes my sessions do last a couple hours because it takes people some time to warm up and I want deep, meaningful experiences to come out of this work. Um, so I'll be connecting the dots intuitively, driving the conversation intuitively, and then I'll get to the energy work. Like, okay, now that we've kind of set the table with what the issue is here, and I really have a full understanding, probably more than they do at this point, of what is driving the digestive issue, right? Right. I'm going to tune into their higher self. I'm calling in their guidance. I'm calling in my guidance, which my team is huge. You know, because before they even come, I'm saying this prayer calling and guidance and then guidance just shows up. Always. That is like, oh, I've never worked with you before. Okay. Let's see where this is going. So, and we'll clear the energy. Right. And and it's not me saying what needs to be cleared. I've allowed the client to kind of put all the papers out on the boardroom table and say, this is what I'm dealing with. And then, you know, we've got the guidance around. I'm saying, you guys, you got all this. Okay lead the way and through muscle testing and them knowing you know what's in my library of ability, they drive the energy work. And then at the end, you know, the last question is always, how can I send this client away with herbal support? Is it a flower essence? Is it a tea? Is it a tincture? And I might have an idea of, you know, through all of my my studies, what plants might be good for them but i'm also going to allow myself to be intuitively guided to what other plants i might not be thinking of in that moment and then i'll muscle test and make sure that's the right one for them muscle test the formula the dosaging the whole bit Perfect. and send people away with with something that can support the physical body because you know now that we cleared this energy the physical body is always in movement to self heal the herbs are just going to come in and help support that process
1: I love it. I love it. So healing on all levels. Yeah. That's magical. And I think sometimes, you know, information that we have in our brains can be like a double edged sword, you know, I mean, it can be good or bad. On the one hand, it's like amazing because when I know a lot about something and I let my mind go soft, my guidance will say, remember that thing that you studied, use it now. Yes. But the downside of that is sometimes, you know, we just go right for the what we've studied and we, we don't fall into that place of not knowing where the really good stuff comes from. I love like reading doctors and I'll say like, Oh, there's a white powder and it kind of looks like this. And do you ever use that? And they'll be like, yeah. And it's easier for me because I don't know what that white powder is. Whereas, you know, so it's so interesting to have the knowledge versus not have the knowledge. And, but it sounds to me like you really strike that balance between allowing that knowledge to be there to support you, but not getting overtaken by it. So yay.
0: Yes. I'm forever a student,
1: you know, which is the way to be. Yeah. (laughs) So we really do have to wrap up. There's one question I ask every guest and I do not want to forget to ask it of you. How does your intuition speak to you?
0: Mm, Like what is my most strong intuitive
1: strength? Sure. Sure. How do you experience your intuition? Whatever that is you and you can start with whatever's the most prominent because I'm sure you have more than one way.
0: Yeah, I think all of the Claires work with me at some point or another, but Claire Cognizance is probably the most active one, which of course is always the hardest one to trust because it's like, well, how do I know that? <laughs> you know, oh, I um, think it's the
1: easiest one to trust because when you know it, it, no.
0: Yeah, I know. I think though for me, you know, my journey has been one of self trust. So this is where the for me muscle testing was a godsend to be able to say wait am i am i getting this right you know
1: yes kelly you're getting
0: it right okay but yeah it is it's like it's kind of an ever present you know walking through life in a divinely guided manner that is how i like to use my intuition
1: love it yeah. perfect All right, friend. I know there's going to be a lot of people who've been listening to this who say, oh, I want to like learn about plant wisdom. I want to clear some energy. I want Kelly to make me a magical, intuitively inspired uh, tincture. (laughs) Tell people sort of how they can work with you and then where they can find you to do so.
0: Uh, Yeah, so my website is www.themindfulherbalist.com and all of my contact information is there. You can read all about the different offerings, Um, I love when people come in and say, I'm open to whatever, because it really just kind of expands everything and, you know, versus, oh, I just want, you know, a Reiki session to me, you know, you're, you're limiting what we can do. Um, But certainly if it's like, I just want to try something simple, then, you know, um, but all of my services are listed there and, you know, just plan to come with an open heart and an open mind and see where the conversation takes us. It might be in a different direction than you would have thought.
1: Yeah, I agree. Every time. (laughs) That's amazing. All right. And of course, as always, we'll have all of Kelly's information too in the show notes so you can find them there. Kelly, any parting words, any last nuggets of wisdom you want to share with our guests? My words of wisdom are go outside. That is perfect. I'm going to do that right after you back up. (laughs) Kelly, it's been such an honor to have you here. Thanks again. And thanks for everyone out there listening. As always, if you like the show and you've been listening, it always, always, always helps us to get a positive recommendation on whatever your platform of choice is. Five-star review and uh, some kind words go a long way. But either way, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for allowing us to do what we do and share with you. Thank you, Victoria, for having me. Thank you for coming. Namaste. Namaste. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again, and namaste.
0: If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr.
1: Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz.